Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Um, I'm going to talk about vanity and what a book to read <laughs> when you want to know about vanity. Um, <laughs> it turns out the word vanity appears in every chapter of Ecclesiastes except chapter 10. <laughs> so um, vanity. Um, and so we won't read all of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> We'll just read the first chapter initially to get us a bit of an idea of um, what is vanity. And it was written, we're quite certain, by Solomon, um, the son of King David. So he also wrote the Proverbs. He was given great wisdom uh, by the Lord to understand things, and we read that uh, in this chapter as well. Um, he was inspired by the Lord. It's God's word that he's written down. Um, all these things about vanity, and um, I believe it's here for a purpose, as we all do, for us to put things into perspective, to understand what is vanity and what is not vanity. So we'll read um, chapter 1, start in verse 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labour which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. Just keeps going around and around and around. <laughs> The wind goeth toward the south, turneth about unto the north, it whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labour. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. We always want to know more and discover more things and new things. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things. Neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem." Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief. 
and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. And we know that and understand that. And this wisdom and knowledge that Solomon's writing about is worldly wisdom, worldly knowledge. You know, uh, the, the, the philosophy that, is, that comes from mankind. And, uh, and I'm sure we've all been in a place where we, we want to know more, we want to uh, uh, acquire more understanding and wisdom just to, to know what to do. Uh, it's part of mankind uh, to desire that. And these words that are in here, uh, we, we can certainly understand. And, uh, but far above any wisdom that we could acquire, Solomon had it because it was given to him by God. Um, and with his great wisdom, he saw that there was much grief, vexation of spirit. <laughs> so you read this chapter and probably the rest of Ecclesiastes before you get toward the end. Well, what's the point? <laughs> That's what Solomon's saying. You're chasing the wind. What's the point? Why bother? Um, and, uh, and so we'll go through a few scriptures about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would that you should... I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptised unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So Jesus Christ, that's the point I want to make here, is a rock that follows God's chosen people. Uh, as a type, this spiritual rock followed the nation of Israel through the wilderness. We are the uh, modern chosen people wandering through the wilderness, a spiritual people in a uh, spiritual wilderness, and our rock is Jesus Christ. So he is something that cannot move, cannot change. Uh, the, the things that are vanity are those that uh, come and go and all these things that uh, were read in uh, Ecclesiastes and you can read more. Um, but Jesus Christ is there. He's solid. He's our rock. And so we'll go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So this rock, Jesus Christ, the rock, I guess you could say, uh, and we build our house, we build our lives on the rock. So that when uh, and we understand what floods and winds that come against us, oppositions, things that uh, ruffle our feathers, um, make us uh, or destabilise us 
You know, we're human beings. We have all these things that affect us, you know, and, uh, and that's like a, like a spiritual warfare in a way. Uh, but we build our house, our lives on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. And when these things come to buffet us, uh, we will not fall. We remain. And so this whole construction at, uh, action, that, that's things to do, things that we do. Uh, as we uh, follow God and uh, or even um, here in, in our lives, you know, we do things. And what you read in Ecclesiastes, it's about people doing things, the labour under the sun, it's all vanity. It all just gets swept away. Okay, and think about that. People build their house upon the sand and all that they do and they work for is swept away. So this is the point, this uh, delineation here is that, yes, it's vanity. Things are vanity when it's built on sand. It gets washed away. But when uh, lives, uh, efforts, labours are built on the rock, i.e. Jesus Christ, with his word as the cornerstone to hold it up and looking to the word for guidance, you know, and uh, as we heard in testimony, having that solid foundation, then... It won't be vanity. It won't be swept away. It'll remain. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We've got a few scriptures in 1 Corinthians, it turns out. Go to chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are labourers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Take heed, because we don't want that building to be vanity. For other foundation can no man lay then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That rock is already there. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And we understand the, uh, the gold, silver, precious stones, they'll survive the fire. That's what remains. You know, so that's not vanity. Um, but also what it's saying here is, yes, we've got this foundation of uh, the rock. And it's, it's adding another element here that, um, yep, silver, precious stones, gold, you can build that on this rock being Jesus Christ. But also, as we lead our lives, we build it build with wood, hay and stubble too. Now, when it's tried by fire, that wood, hay and stubble will disappear. So that's kind of like a, a vanity, you know, swept away. And so we go to our verse 15. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, I won't read it, but I mean... Uh, won't read the uh, particular passage I'm referring to now in Matthew chapter 6, is, um, you know, uh, you can't serve God and mammon. 
Uh, and I've said many times that we live our lives here on earth and, uh, and so we need to serve mammon to a point, you know. We need to uh, do things, um, go to work, we need food, we need a house, we need stuff. And so that stuff is wood, hay and stubble. And when it's tried by fire, it'll go away. But what's reassuring in verse 15 is you'll sh- suffer loss, but yet you'll still be saved, you know, and... Uh, and we, we have um, dross as well and amongst all the, the jewels and so forth. And it could even be extended to uh, ideas. You know, um, I'm sh- we all look back at when you first came along, baptised, filled with the Holy Spirit. We had ideas. <laughs> and uh, with time, that dross had to be burnt off and we suffered loss, you know, lost those ideas. But the, the f- fundamental things, the, the gold, silver, precious stones, they remained and so we're getting purer and purer with time. So there's a few elements to this passage, and I'm sure there's more as well. And so the things that are not vanity are those that remain when tried by fire. And so that's the perspective as well. The wood, hay, stubble, yes, we build with it every now and again because we need to for our life on earth. But when we're raised up to meet the Lord in the air, we don't need it. <laughs> It'll be swept away. The elements will melt with fervent heat. But the gold, silver, precious stones, that will remain. That will remain our relationship with the Lord. That will remain. And our labour, the things we do for the Lord, that will remain. And it says even in verse 14, he shall receive a reward for that work. Uh, So we'll go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Balance is important. And perspective is important. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Excuse me. But in the middle of all that, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay? Or our desire. Our heart's desire. So if we have our treasure and what's important in our lives is the kingdom of God and uh, laying up treasure in heaven, laying up gold, silver, precious stones, we're labouring to, uh, to lay up these treasures uh, in a funny way. <laughs> it's like we're doing work for the Lord and we're being paid for it, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I mean, we understand that. We have a job and we're paid for it. Uh, we're paid for it uh, for the effort that we put in. And so we lay up that. That pay from the Lord is laid up in heaven, in heavenly places in the kingdom of God. And we get a reward from that, our understanding. We get that peace that passes all understanding as well. Uh, our faith is built up because of our experiences. Uh, that's all um, treasures that will not rust nor corrupt, and thieves cannot steal that. But uh, where our heart is, our desire is to be with the Lord. That is our fundamental desire. 
if our desire is uh, is to to build up uh, massive things here on earth and treasures here on earth, then it's in conflict um, because that will be swept away. That will be vanity. Um, back to First Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. And verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul writing here, so in other words, there's confidence. We've got a rock, we've got guidance, again, brought up, uh, through the word. So there's, we have confidence with when we run, running or walking uh, with, uh, with Jesus Christ, certainly. We have certain when we do that. And that fighting, you know, that uh, I think there is not so much arguing and and. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah, arguing, but it's uh, the sword of the spirit. When we, uh, when we whip out the sword of the spirit out of its sheath, talking about uh, the kingdom of God, the word of God, that uh, is that type of fighting. But, of course, uh, we have, uh, like, kindness and love in the way we speak, compassion in the way we speak. But that's what that kind of means. And so we're not beating the air. We're not connecting with nothing. There's, there's a point to what we do. Our labour is not in vain. I said that a bit too early. We'll be reading that later. <laughs> so that's what happens when we follow God's ways. What we do for him is not in vain. There is certainty to it. And substance as well. And we see results. Over to chapter 15 and verse 55. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 55. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. And the reason that is is because the law defines sin. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. And, uh, and when we look at these words like being steadfast, unmovable, we think of that house on the rock, that house uh, that's, uh, that has uh, the the gold, silver and precious stones that won't be swept away. So let us be steadfast and unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Checking with yourself. Okay, there's work to be done for the Lord. Checking with yourself. Can I do it or can I not do it? If you can, then do it. Um, Because our labour for the Lord is not in vain. Now, we read in Ecclesiastes that uh, the labour of mankind is vanity. So all these things are vanity, but it turns out 
The labour for the Lord is not vanity. It will not be swept away. It's, uh, it's something that is truly worthwhile. And that's what the Lord wants us to remember. It's worthwhile. Sometimes it can seem like it's not producing fruit, but it's worthwhile. And praise the Lord, Revival Fellowship's been around for decades. And there's plenty of people with testimonies, plenty of people with experiences, plenty of people with ways to guide and saying, look, this is what you do. This is what you do and you will get a result. Okay? That labour is not in vain. Um, John chapter 15. John 15 and verse 9. So change tack a little bit here. But... Uh, John 15 and verse 9. And it says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And that's the example Jesus gave us. He continued to follow God's commandments. Not my will, but thine. And as a result of that, he abode in his Father's love. Um, Verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. Joy is a good thing, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. You're all Jesus' friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. Being Jesus' friends, he laid his life down for his friends and we abide in his love if we do whatever he commands us. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. He hasn't held anything back, dear friends. And this love aspect, there's a lot of, uh, the word love is mentioned a lot in that short passage. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Love is a major part of God's relationship with his people. And I was just saying to Ali that... um, that really, um, this book, what's central to this book is love and the marriage between God and his church. It's full of stuff in there associated with that. And we follow his commandments through love, through his love. He's given us guidance, given us boundaries, given us uh, an idea of what he wants. He sent his own son to die. Uh, Not my will, but thine. That was God's commandment of Jesus Christ. You shall die. But then through faith, amazing faith, uh, he knew that he'll be raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. But even that, he also knew after he was glorified that human beings will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then... Miraculously, those human beings can reciprocate that love with that Holy Spirit in them. 
And this commandment, this uh, uh, such an important commandment in here, it says that we must love one another as he has loved us. And what a phenomenal love that Jesus loved us with. And it's our duty to love each other in the same way, whether we like it or not. <laughs> and uh, praise the Lord, we do like it, don't we? We, we, uh, we just love the, uh, the saints, the coming, gathering together the saints. It's just so beautiful. And, uh, and that is a spiritual thing. And that is not vanity because it's God's commandments. That's the rock. That's what's firm in our lives, to love one another. And, uh, and it brings us great joy. Uh, I certainly look forward to, uh, to the fellowship and seeing the saints and just uh, spending the day together on the Sunday. It's just fantastic. It builds up the spirit. It's just uh, a wonderful thing. Uh, so uh, let us continue. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're talking about love. Things that are not vanity. And here... And things that are not vanity last. Uh, they survive the trying of, with fire. They survive the wind and the floods. They remain. And we read in 1 Corinthians 13. And what I like about 1 Corinthians 13, we won't read uh, the bits I'm referring to, but it actually provides some good guidance as to what love is. Um, it, love is, uh, is a feeling, no doubt about it. But what I like about 1 Corinthians 13 is what, uh, what you do to show your love, you know, that labour that's not in vain. But we'll start in verse 8. It says, Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And those things, prophecies, uh, you know, uh, speaking in tongues, knowledge, they seem like something that couldn't possibly end. I mean, tongues is a sign that someone's filled with the Holy Spirit. How can that end? You know, um, knowledge, people know stuff, but they'll all be gone, they'll vanish. You know, but what remains is is love that never fails, and it's a strong term that never fails. Uh, verse nine: For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perf- perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child; I understood as a child; I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then, when referring to when that which is perfect is come, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. That's the greatest of these. Charity never fails. You could almost say charity is the greatest of everything. (laughs) God is love. He encapsulates love. Charity is the greatest. That is not vain. Loving your brethren, that is not vain. 
loving Jesus Christ, loving our Father in heaven, doing his commandments, labouring for these things. That is not in vain. Laying up our treasure in heaven is not vain because we get something from it and it remains. Second Timothy chapter 1. Verse 8, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to our, his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He's called us by grace, unmerited favour. We didn't deserve it. Uh, We hear that repeated over and over again and praise the Lord for that. And so if we didn't earn uh, his grace, then we don't need to try to earn it more. We've been saved by grace. But here, what I wanted out of here is that uh, we've been called uh, with a holy calling and according to his own purpose. So this talk is about vanity So the calling that we have from God is not vain because there's a purpose to it. And I love that. You know, um, the the famous question, what's the meaning of life? Why bother? You know, all that sort of stuff. And we hear it in testimony sometimes, people, that uh, before they came to the Lord, what was the point? You get uh, get born or you you, uh, get married, work, die. What's the point? doesn't make any sense when you narrow it down to that. Well, it's true. It's vanity. Well, it turns out here on earth in this life, God has called us according to a purpose. So there is a point. It is not vanity if we follow his ways and, uh, and follow his commandments. Penultimate scripture, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Just one verse here. Matthew 25. And verse 21, Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. His Lord saith unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And it's repeated in verse 23 as well. We are here in the greater parable We are here doing things. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We use that Holy Spirit. We don't bury it. We use it. We pray. We we commit our works according to uh, what the Lord wants us to commit them to. Uh, And uh, and it multiplies and grows and we get that treasure in heaven. and, And then we look forward to when Jesus Christ will say to us, Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That's what we want. Uh, In these closing days of time, he's coming soon. Focus on that. Nothing else matters. It's all vanity. It'll all be swept away. The elements melt with fervent heat. But what will remain is our relationship with the Lord, being faithful over a few things. And those few things are what we have and deal with here on earth. We're faithful in our dealings on earth prioritising his work over our own, 
prioritising those things. And as a result of us being faithful in these little things, these few things on earth, he'll grant unto us great things in the kingdom to come. That's faithful. Finish up Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Closing verses of Ecclesiastes after it goes through, labours through, uh, saying how things are vanity. And we get to verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 8. Just to remind you, it says, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. I like how it says there, um, the preacher acknowledges that vanity of vanities and all is vanity, but then it's beautifully written, but the preacher, because he was wise, he still taught. Even though he knew it was all vanity, he still taught because that's what the Lord had called him to do. Verse 10, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the master of assemb- masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Or vanity. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. The purpose by which we have been called. Fear God and keep his commandments. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. If you love him, keep his commandments. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's our whole duty. And that is not vanity.